Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Orwellian. I've always wanted to say a word that way, because when you say Orwellian as your nothing personal word of the day, you have to do it in a way that indicates what it is. Like onomatopoeia, when a word is what it sounds like, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, audacious, okay, here it is. The nothing personal word of the day for August 6th, 2020. I'm going to do it right now. Orwellian. Orwellian, as in George Orwell. The, the writer, it, it's meant to indicate a totalitarian government, but really that's not what I'm talking about. I use Orwellian the way I would think of Big Brother, Somebody's Watching You. I think that's a song by Rockwell. Somebody's watching me. I don't think I got that right, Coco. There's no chance I did. I want to say it's Rockwell, One Hit Wonder from the 1980s. Somebody's Watching Me, but I'm almost positive that's wrong. In any case, when I say Orwellian, Matt just, Coca just said, correct. He's never written correct on the document so close to the start of the show. That's a good sign. The reason I chose <clears throat> that we chose Orwellian today is after all of the talk on nothing personal, going through Major League Baseball's return to play plan, the back and forth with the labor negotiation, the 113-page health and safety protocol, we said, this is going to be a living document. And as part of that, there's going to be changes that happen. Some changes will happen because there will be new events. There'll be new epiphanies, new discoveries, new thoughts. They will learn from actually starting the season that from a pragmatic standpoint, certain provisions in the protocol need to be tweaked. On the other hand, there were things that should have been in there from the beginning that as time has passed, their absence has become more apparent and glaring and MLB decided to plug some holes. The timing is not strange because here at Nothing Personal, you know the facts and the facts are that Rob Manford, the commissioner, went public in an interview saying the protocols are good. It's the Marlins who are bad. And I defended the Marlins. I was upset at the commissioner for doing that. But then when the Cardinals had the outbreak, he had to pause and say, mm, maybe it's the protocols. But we have to say the protocols are good. But we're going to now release a document that tightens and strengthens the protocols and we're going to say they were good, now they're better. There were two outbreaks, but now we've had no positive tests in the last two days. We're almost Michael Bublian in how MLB is reacting currently. So then why the change? Because the changes are Orwellian. Here they go. 
I want to break them down for you. And I want to say what's written and then what it actually means and whether or not they can be followed. Much like I told you, people will leave the hotel. Players will leave the hotel. Now, I, I admit it. I did not tell you that players will leave the hotel to get milk. I didn't say it. In 18 years, I've never heard of it. I've never seen a player leave the hotel to get milk. I don't get it. I don't know how that would even be said in a press availability on Zoom. Be that as it may, players are going to leave the hotel. They're going to go to casinos. They're going to go to house parties. They're going to go to bars. They're going to go to other people's houses, other people's rooms. That's just how it's going to go. Well, we have a new rule in baseball. Get ready for it. Hold on to your knickers. Everybody breathe. On the road, your best bet is to stay in your room and read Jack Kerouac. That's your best bet. But if you have to leave your room, here's what you have to do. There will be a compliance officer. We've talked about that on NPDS with MC. And that compliance officer, there'll be one at the ballpark, and now there's going to be one at the hotel. You may not leave your hotel without permission from the compliance officer. So let me just tell you how this works. I could do a phone call. You know what? Change of plans, Coca. Change of plans. I have it. I have it all set. Here's the first. I'm going to go through all the rules in one phone call. Wait for it. Hold on. Let me just see if I can get it for you. Let me just see if I can get it. But I can't right now. Normally I can. It's the ring of the phone of Schitt's Creek. So now I'm on the phone. Hello, is Robert there? Uh, Yes, this is Robert. Who's this? Oh, this is Mike Trout calling. Hey, Mike, what's happening? Uh, Well, Robert, I was just wondering, I was going to leave the hotel because I want to get a smoothie at Starbucks. And I just want to know, can I do that? Well, one second, Mike, let me see who else is out of the hotel. And I see that you're in room 525. And I do know that there are seven players around you in the room not in your room, but in their own room. Let me just check the docket to see if anybody else is getting a smoothie at the same time. Could you just hold one second, Mike? Uh, sure, Robert. Oh, Mike, actually, I got to call you back. I'm having a request for an in-room massage. I got to deal with that. Um, Anthony? Yeah, this is Robert. That's going to be a no on the in-room massage. But yes, if you put a mask on, we can have a delivery of a roller but you'll have to roll yourself. I mean, you can roll yourself. Yes. No, we have iPads too. Anthony, I got to go. I got Mike waiting. Thank you. Okay. Mike, one, se- one more second. Oh, there's another call. Andrew. A- Andrew? Yes, Robert, this is Andrew. I, I want to have a meeting in my hotel room because I want to talk to a friend about pitching. I'm pitching tomorrow and we want to get together and go through the game. Andrew, no, this is Robert. Andrew, there's no meeting in any rooms. You can't have anyone in your room. No, no, no. Hold on one second. I got another call. Yes. No, no, you definitely cannot have her in your room. What? No, your room four, 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 oh five. No, 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 no. Oh, thank you. 
one second. Mike, I'll be right back to you. We have to discuss this smoothie thing because it turns out that Joe Madden has just left and he's taking a walk. He's going one block south of where you're getting your smoothie and we're going to have to wait. I'm going to give you clearance once he clears that area. Yes, one second. I'm getting one more call. Hi, uh, Robert. This is the traveling secretary. And I've got the president of the team who wants to travel with the team on the plane back to Los Angeles. One second. Mike, I'll be right back to you. I'm so sorry, Mr. Trout. I know you're the face of baseball, but one second. Yes, traveling secretary. No, you cannot. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. This is Robert. I'm in charge. I'll tell you who travels with the team. And if you want someone to travel with the team, or I don't want to have travel with the team, then I'm going to baseball. You're going to get a written notice of discipline. One second, please. One second. Put your damn mask on above your nose. Sorry, I got to write that down because I've got to get to baseball a list of everyone who wears the mask below the nose because then they're going to get a written notice. And if there's enough written notices, then they can be suspended for the rest of the season. One second. Billy. Yes, uh, Robert, this is Billy Epler. I'm the GM, and I'm on the last year of my contract. You cannot discipline Mike Trout. He wants a smoothie. Clear out, Joe Madden. Hold on. Mike, I'm calling. I'm called. What do you want me to do? Yes, I know I, I need you to play well, and I want my job too, and we stink right now. One second. Robert, are you keeping track of where Madden is? Because he's now back in the hotel. He's in my room. You can't be in your room. I'm writing that down. One second. I got to look at the seating chart. There's a seating chart on the bus. Yes, I know. Also, I'm getting you the seating chart for the plane. Let me remind you what the rules are on the plane. Number one. What do you want me to tell you, Billy? These are the rules. Not only can your team president not come, but I'm not giving you permission to be on the team plane. You're not essential. You've already put the team together. And my God, if I can say so, Billy, you've made some mistakes. All right. Hold on. I'm giving you the seating chart. Here are the rules. Make sure they have them. Nobody can leave his seat on the plane. If you need to use the lavatory, you raise your hand. You will be chosen and you will go to the bathroom and you will come right back. Yes. No, there's no cards. No. Oh, food. Good one. Here's the rules on food. Hold on. Let me get Mike back on the phone. Mike, I know you like to eat right after the game when you get on a plane because you're hungry from having played so hard and trying to make the playoffs again. But listen, Mike, we have to eat in shifts and I don't have you written down in shift one. You're in shift two and you're in a row right next to Simmons. I know he likes eating third. So you're going to eat second because you know we've got to feed. No. Yes. Albert gets to eat first. No, the mask can only go down when you're eating. No, yes, but no talking and you can't eat with anyone in your same row. No, there's no talking. No, there's no, no, you don't understand. Let me say this. Of course, you're not playing cards on the plane. There's no talking while eating. Okay, we clear on that? All right, now, hold on. I'm going to connect you to my partner, Alexander. Alexander is in charge of at the stadium. He's the compliance officer. I got some news for you. You're not going to like it, but this is new. Okay, ready? Hold on. Let me get Alexander. Uh, Yeah, Alexander here. I know I got the crappiest job ever, but here it is. Ready, folks? Hold on. I got Aaron Judge calling me. Hold on. Aaron, I'll call you back. I know. I know. I know. No, you cannot. You cannot leave your house in New York. No. You wait, you want to get takeout Chinese food? 
Okay. Hold on, Aaron. Let me get back to you. Aaron Boone. Aaron Judge wants to take out Chinese, but I'm showing here that you're walking within two blocks of his Chinese restaurant. Oh, you want a different Chinese restaurant for Aaron Judge? Okay. All right. I'll be right back to you. All right. Here's the rules very quickly and simply, guys. Spread it around your clubhouse. No going to bars, no going to lounges, no going to malls, no going anywhere where there could be a large group and you must wear a mask. No, no, this is not on the road. This is at home. This is at home. Yes, you will go from home. We've, yes, I know it's in the protocols. We will have four buses for you. Yes, you cannot be near anyone on the bus. Yes, in the clubhouse, you have to wear a mask. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, yes, in the dugout, you do too. Only if you're on the field. Yes, you must wear a mask at all times. Hold on, I've got stadium operations on the other phone. Hi, this is Alexander. Yes, stadium operations here. What do we have to build for the players at the stadium? One second, let me get to the protocols. All right, this is Alexander. Okay, here's what it is. You must build an outdoor covered area where the visiting team can be to help when there's a rain delay. But wait a minute, Alexander, we have a roof. I don't care. It's not in the protocol. Yeah, they cannot all be in your little crappy visiting clubhouse. Build an outdoor covered space. Just pitch a tent. Use one of those tents you do for all those things you do out in the plaza before a game. There's no fans anymore. Take those tents and put three chairs 12 feet apart. Yes, you have to wear a mask. Hold on. I'm getting Robert on the other phone. Robert, what's up? Hey, Alexander, this is Robert again with the hotel. I just was told about a request I'm getting at the hotel. Is this against the rules? They want to gather, not in a room, but they want to go down to the lobby and just hang out and talk after the game because they can't be in the clubhouse. Is that allowed? No. And put your mask above your nose. Nope, no gatherings at hotels. <sighs> Those are the rules. I'm in. Good luck. How's that going to work? Good? Okay. Wait to see. Well, you know what's not working? And uh, I've stayed quiet on this. Actually, I haven't. Who's kidding you? I didn't stay quiet. I told you the biggest concern we have outside of COVID and equal, if not bigger, are the injuries. I'm going to read you a list. Here I go. Ready? Matt Adams, Ozzy Albies, Mike Soroka, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Carlos Rodon, Nick Madrigal, Edwin Encarnacion, Tim Anderson, Mookie Betts, Rich Hill, Shohei Otani, Jake Odorizzi, Homer Bailey, Robinson Cano, Marcus Stroman, Robert Gazelman, Ahmad Rosario, Jeff McNeil, Jake Marisnik, Tommy Connolly, Miles Mikolas, Corey Kluber, Odor, Ruth Ned Odor, Ken Giles. Okay, I read that list to you. That is a partial list. Ever heard of any of those players? I'll go slower. These are big time players who have gotten hurt since spring training 2-0 ended and the season began so rapidly. I'm not counting Luis Severino, Tommy John before the first spring training. Noah Syndergaard, Tommy John before the first spring training. I'm not talking about those guys. That happens. I'm t- I didn't even put Verlin. I didn't even get to the Astros, Coca. The Astros have 12 guys from Verlander to Ozuna and on down. 
The injuries are out of control. Why is it happening? And where are they? Tim Anderson won the batting title last year. He can't play right now. Nick Madrigal was just called up by the White Sox. He's now on the major league IL, getting service time, not playing, hurt his shoulder. Edwin Encarnacion, free agent signing with the White Sox, tired shoulder. Max Scherzer, for the love of God, I had the perfect nothing personal pick of the day yesterday. Max Scherzer over the Mets. Rick Porcello stinks, pitched a great game. Max Scherzer, Cy Young, Mount Rushmore, one of the greatest of all time. Oh, ow, oh God, time out. I need to pause. I just pulled my hammy. Just, I got so excited. I, I think my right hammy just pops. That's what happened to Scherzer. And then the Nationals lost three to one, even though Juan Soto was back from the false negative, false positive COVID list. So we lost the nothing personal pot of the day because of an injury to Max Scherzer, a hamstring. Mike Soroka of the Braves popped his Achilles. <clears throat> What's happening? How do we protect it from happening more? I have a funny story about injuries that's really not that funny, actually. I changed my mind. I have a terrible story about injuries. I would have to do a spreadsheet that would outline the amount of money that was being paid to players on the disabled list when I was running a team. And I would have a sheet and it was called dead money. In the NFL, you've heard the concept dead cap space. This was, I called it dead money because it was paying for players not to play. But not only do you have to pay the players who are not playing, you then have to pay the players who are playing instead of the players who are not playing because they're injured. There's nothing worse for your bottom line. There's nothing worse for your cash flow when you are paying players not to play. Trust me on this. It's one thing to pay players to play who stink that you completely overpaid. There's no spreadsheet for that. There's just firing scouts. When that doesn't work, you fire development people. When that doesn't work, you fire the manager. When that doesn't work, you fire the general manager. When that doesn't work, you go back to trading the players and going back to firing the scouts. Of course, you never let it get to the president level unless you're the pirates. But if it would never come to that for me, I'd fire everyone first before I would say that it was my fault. Now, if I ever did something that was definitely my fault, I'd say it was my fault, but then move on. But when other people do things and they admit that it's their fault, if it's too many, you say, listen, we're going to relieve you of your duties. We're going to find someone to do it better. So in the spreadsheet, you'd have players and you'd look at the types of injuries. Is it shoulder? Is it elbow? Is it oblique? Is it abductor? Is it calf? Is it, you know, falling into a bore pit? Is it a household incident? Is it a cut finger from cutting fruit? I've seen it. Is it a hurt hand from hitting something? I've seen it. Is it a cut in your face from getting stabbed? Seen it. I've, what haven't you seen, right? Seen it all. What we're seeing now in 2020, the year of COVID, are these players, and we're making a mockery of it in the media, and it's driving me up a wall. How great it is that Jack Flaherty moved his mattress up in his hotel. He swept away the bed bugs and he took a ball and threw it at a mattress that was upright against the wall of a hotel. 
how great that the players are saying what they did during their time off because of an outbreak, how they stayed strong and they ran up and down the hallway or they kept their arm loose by throwing a ball and a sock and a this and a that. And they would swing a, a, a towel, a towel. Come on. I'm frustrated. And the reason I'm frustrated is that the players are convincing themselves that they're game ready. But then the game starts and they realize that being game ready does not involve anything that even remotely resembles what you can do to be hotel ready. And so the injury list keeps growing. No one's talking about it in Major League Baseball. The agents haven't started talking about it except for Scott Boris. And I give him credit. You know, that is part of what we do at Nothing Personal. I'm more than happy to give credit when credit is due. And I'm more than happy to withhold credit when it's worth withholding. Scott Boris has talked about injuries and his concern, and he is right. Now, for whatever reason he's saying it, it doesn't matter to me. I have no horse in the game, no dog in the hunt, except the quality of baseball decreases over time. And here's why. When you've got dead money, that impacts your budgeted payroll for that season. And when you don't hit your numbers, that impacts your budgeted payroll for next season. So if I've got less money to tell the owner that we have to spend That impacts free agency. It impacts non-roster invites who are older players trying to get another shot. It impacts young players and forces us to do more, more service time manipulation than we'd normally even do. All of that happens when you have a combination of injuries and underperformance. It is very important to monitor this because when baseball, as part of its memo that we talked about to start the show, Part of it was explaining how games will be postponed so there's no confusion about players group texting and agreeing to play, which you and I both know is not accurate. Didn't happen. It was always MLB's job. Rules in place so a team can't vote not to go to a city. Can't happen. Can't give them the power. But in this memo, it talked about what baseball will do. And basically, if you've got enough enough healthy players and any of the positive tests have been contact traced, which, by the way, it makes me laugh. They've been contact traced, and those players are asymptomatic. The show will go on. But when is there going to be more talk about injuries? Mark my words, it's coming. And none of this, none of this is as important as this next story. We're going to get to some the So You Want to Talk to Samson later in the show is about what's going on in Atlanta and the WNBA. But right now I'm going to stay in women's basketball. And I want to segue to a story that was broken yesterday by the USA Today. And it's a story that I've had a hard time with today. Thinking about and realizing that I am the part of a machine. 18 years of my life was a part of a machine where we don't necessarily value the player the way we should. And we overvalue the competitive aspect. We overvalue winning. And we do it sometimes at the cost of people, their self-worth. Okay. So... 
I don't mean to get serious with you, but I do actually. You know what? That's what we do here. Texas Tech has a women's basketball program, and they have a coach, and her name is Marlene Stallings, and she's in trouble. And the fact that it's coming out now is a problem that I participated in when I'm in the sports world. I spent a lot of time making sure the media got only what I wanted the media to get. Spent a lot of time talking to players and staff and employees about what they can and cannot say to the media. Spent a lot of time trying to solve problems, keeping them in-house. Spent a lot of time manufacturing the angle of stories I would tell publicly in order to make my team look in the best possible light. None of this is illegal. Wasn't breaking any laws. None of it was immoral. But what it was is when you're deep in sports, and by the way, this happens in other businesses too. When you see businesses competing with one another, what banks will do to outmaneuver other banks, what retail companies will do to outmaneuver and outsell other retail companies. Very often, the line gets blurry. When the line is blurry, I'm okay with it because I'm always walking the line, as Johnny Cash would say, and I'm going to get caught on the wrong side of the line every once in a while. But when you're within a standard deviation of that line, which means you're pretty close to right below it, right above it, or on it, you're generally going to stay away from things that are the third rail and are inexcusable and are conversation enders and job no doubters in terms of losing your job. So 12 players in the last two years, 12 women's basketball players have transferred or left the Texas Tech women's basketball program. That's 12 folks in two years since Stallings took over. Now, a former center, and I give her a ton of credit for going public. Her name is Emma Merriweather. What exactly would she have that would cause her to lie about her allegations? What's in it for her? Fame? No. Fortune? No. A book deal? No. A movie deal? No. Scorned love affair? No. What's in it for her? What's in it for Emma Merriweather was an attempt to start healing. She was a former center for Texas Tech. She claims that the emotional toll and distress and abuse she suffered at the hands of her coaches was so overwhelming that it caused her fear, pain, anxiety, depression. And when she approached her coach about depression, the assistant coach at Texas Tech, not even Stallings, the assistant, her name is Nikita Dawkins. Her assistant said, here, put on this rubber band and snap it when you have any negative thoughts. Snap it so when your brain thinks it's having a negative thought, it will remember the pain of the rubber band snapping against your skin and you won't have negative thoughts. That's an assistant coach. The head coach took away Meriwether's emotional support dog, took him away 
and gave him to a booster and said the dog would be nothing but a distraction. Stallings would have practices where they would be retribution practices. If she ever got word that any of her players had complained about anything, she would run them into the ground during practice. They had a strength and conditioning coach at Texas Tech, a man named Ralph Petrella. Ralph, I'm coming after you on this show with my mouth only. You were accused of sexual harassment of the Texas Tech players. You did something called a reflexive performance reset, the girls said, where you had your hands on their pubic bones and under their spandex workout bras. Are you shitting me? You're calling that a reflexive performance reset? You sound like Larry Nasser and you deserve exactly what he got. It's not good enough that you resigned. Why'd you resign? Your lawyer had no comment. You resigned at the end of last season when these allegations came out. Why is that? No comment now, huh, Ralph? The head coach, Stallings, when this report came out, gave a statement. And her statement said, our student athletes are developing a disciplined approach both on and off the court. The president of Texas Tech has no choice but to fire this head coach, and I mean right now. And if the athletic director knew about what this head coach was doing, the athletic director has to get fired right along with her. Now, no investigation. It's been, it's done. Do you think that these players are coming forward and left the program all as this elaborate ruse to hurt the head coach? And they made it all up and they were willing to leave the program as part of the lie. Did you not notice that you had the highest rate of people leaving a program in the country? By the way, that's anecdotal and potential hyperbole. The president of Texas Tech has not spoken. At least I have not heard. But I am calling for the not resignation of Coach Stallings, the termination don't give her a chance to resign. Fire her for cause. Don't pay her. N assistant coach, Nikita Dawkins, you're done. Listen, of all the mistakes I've made, and there have been many, I'm working on my second score at the moment. There is a line that you do not cross. No matter what. You're trying to instill discipline to these girls on off the court. That's your story, and you're sticking to that? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. The entire university should be ashamed of itself. You're a professor in that university. Let's pretend that you are a female professor at Texas Tech, not even in sports. You're not going to stand up and demand a change. Let's say you're a male coach at Texas Tech. You're not going to demand a change. I hope you're listening down there in the heart of Texas because you've got real trouble and it starts with T. When we come back, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to talk a little bit about music and then I'm going to return to the So You Want to Talk to Samson. 
We'll be right back. Get ready. Get your bandana. Get your tie-dyed shirt. And come back after the break. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back. So, you know, I've been doing music this week. I've enjoyed it. We reviewed on Monday, uh... That Thing You Do, we then did back-to-back Bob Dylan documentaries, which were phenomenal. I watched a documentary yesterday on Woodstock. Holy crikeys. Woodstock, it's a PBS documentary. You can find it on Netflix. It is an hour 37, 97 minutes. The number of things I didn't know about Woodstock could not fit in a storage facility. Let's start slowly. A week before Woodstock opened in 1969, it was supposed to be in one place. That place said no, changed its mind after construction had started on a stage and getting it ready, and they had to move to Bethel, New York. And they found a farmer. Who knew? A farmer gave up his fields for this festival. A conservative, middle-aged farmer. By the way, Coca, am I considered middle-aged? Am I late-age? Am I late-early-age? I'm going to say I'm early middle age. The early middle age farmer allowed what he thought were 25 to 50,000 people to come to Woodstock for a three day music festival. It was a ticketed event. Who knew? 400,000 people came, not 50. They did not collect tickets because they didn't get fences constructed fast enough because people showed up so many days early. It was a three-day 
what I would imagine Firefest would have been if actually that guy knew what he was doing. It was at a time during the Vietnam War when there was huge anti-war sentiment. These were the peace people in their tie-dyed shirt where they love nudity. Think of the musical Hair or the movie Hair. If you haven't seen it, check it out. By the way, we may review Hair tomorrow. That's a musical. I bet you there will be a music component to tomorrow's review. But this documentary talks about the performers, how the performers got to Woodstock. You needed a helicopter. They ran out of food, how they got more food. Check out the hog farm. How the people in the community rallied around this event when they realized there was nothing they could do anymore. They embraced the insanity. There is footage of what was going on while it was happening. There was footage I associated Woodstock with mud. That didn't happen until the last day. And it was a huge storm. And that's when the mud was. The first couple of days, Friday, Saturday, were dry. I never realized that Jimi Hendrix National Anthem was Woodstock. I didn't realize Crosby, Stills, and Nash, still not young at this time, debuted their harmonic voices. When you see the Southern Cross for the first time. That wasn't the song they sang, but that's the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song I know at the moment. Debuted at Woodstock. Joan Baez, who we talked about in the Dylan documentaries, played at Woodstock. No Dylan. The Who, Roger Daltrey was there singing about my generation. It was one of those documentaries where I had this view of what I thought Woodstock was. And at the end of the day, I didn't have the first clue. So if you really want 97 minutes of very interesting footage, that will make you feel, and this is the takeaway I want to give you. I've never felt more, and during quarantine when we're all alone and, and our lives have changed this much, the emotional part of Woodstock, the love, and this sounds so corny, but the love and attention paid from one stranger to another during this time of COVID when we're all in masks and you can't see facial expressions, when there's no hugging and there's no touching and kissing and everyone's worried about everything. Woodstock was an example. Only, I'm going to say it like this and I'm going to not tell you that I believe this, only 51 years ago where there was harmony and peace and love and togetherness and a sense of community that is so often lost this day and age. Check it out, the Woodstock documentary. All right, Coca, guess what? We got to get serious. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. I like when you get into my Twitter. At David P. Sampson. By the way, thank you for downloading and subscribing this show. I appreciate it. The numbers keep getting better. We're going to keep doing this every day. Download, subscribe, tell your friends about nothing personal. I value your time. When you give me 45 minutes of your day, trust me, that means a lot to me and I'm not going to waste it. When you're in my DMs on Instagram or on Twitter at David P. Sampson, ask a question, I may answer. This one was important. The Atlanta Dream are in WNBA team. We've spent a lot of time on this show talking about the Senate race in Georgia, talking about the current Senator Kelly Loeffler, talking about the fact that, remember, she's the one who is anti-Black Lives Matter, 
pro flag. She's been making the rounds on some right-wing shows. She's had a lot of issues with the WNBA who have really removed themselves from her universe. She's no longer on the board of governors, no longer involved in the running of the dream, but she is a co-owner of the Atlanta dream. Remember the same Senator who's running in a special election. She never had to earn her Senate seat. She was appointed. She's now running to keep her Senate seat. This is the real Senate. There's only a hundred. You think Senate races don't matter. They do. If you don't know that there are a hundred senators, please. Well, there's someone running against Loeffler, and it's a reverend, Reverend Raphael Warnock. And the Atlanta Dream did something, along with other teams in the WNBA, when they came out for warm-ups in their WNBA bubble, they had a shirt on that said, Vote Warnock. A very clear message to the ownership of the Atlanta Dream and to the world. The So You Want to Talk to Samson question was a simple one about this situation. What would I do if I were team president of the Atlanta Dream? Well, I'm going to walk you through it. I want to give you three caveats so you're very clear. I don't want there to be a misunderstanding. Number one, you know where I stand in terms of free speech and freedom of expression. I'm in favor. Number two, you know where I stand in terms of players. They are my employees. If they don't like my rules, they can leave and be put on the restricted list. I've been pretty clear about that. Number three, you know my stance on the social unrest. You know my stance on COVID. You know my stance on educating people to make their own decisions. You don't have to agree with one thing I say or one thing I think. I'm fine with it. I want nothing personal to cause you to ask questions and to educate yourself on issues and then make your own decisions. You think that you wouldn't fire the head coach of Texas Tech? Fine. Research it. Tell me why. And then you have your belief. When you're a player, I understand that you want to express your views. You want to use your platform. Whether I like it or not as team president, Senator Loeffler is a co-owner of the team. As president, I cannot allow you to make under my watch, not on your off day, not on, at your home, not what you wear to the clubhouse, but on the court where I'm in charge, I can't let you wear that kind of shirt, whether I agree with you or not. Because I answer to an owner and that owner answers to a partnership. If change is to be made, it happens at that level where the owner says, Listen, Kelly, sell your shares. We can't have you associated with the Atlanta dream anymore. But I cannot, as team president, have a statement against an owner of the team. And if you think that vote Warnock is not a statement against Loeffler, then you're wrong because it is. Now, do these athletes understand what, the reverend believes in, they say they do. 
they say they spent plenty of time studying him as a Democratic candidate for Senate in Georgia. They like his stance on Black Lives Matter. They like his stance on LGBTQ rights. And they believe that he is the best candidate for them. Whether or not they're Georgia citizens is a whole nother story. Whether or not Reverend Raphael Warnock paid these girls to wear it, because that was, make no mistake, that was an advertisement. And I didn't see on the shirt where it said paid for by the Raphael Warnock election to become senator of Georgia. There's so many issues with these shirts that you're asking me to make a decision that I know is unpopular, but as team president, I have no choice. I am going down to the clubhouse and I'm not allowing it. I'm going to give them the opportunity to have an audience with the owner of the team to express their frustration. I'm going to allow them to wear the shirts as long as they are kosher when they're not in the facilities. I'm going to teach them about the different sides of the issue. But if your specific question is that, what would I do? I have to be honest. And, you know, I've told you how this show works, where we have topics and Coke and I talk. And we go through our views and we talk about what would be good for you to hear as an audience. Coca brought up something in this segment before the show saying the vote Warnock shirt is one thing. What if they hadn't studied his policies and didn't know anything about him? And they were merely making a political statement against Kelly. But in fact, they were influencing other people to vote for someone who they didn't understand. Then he said, but take it one step further. What happens if a player decides that they are pro-Trump? And I've already told you, you want to be pro-Trump, be pro-Trump. You want to be anti-Trump, be anti-Trump. Just have an opinion and vote for crying out loud. What happens if a player in the WNBA would walk onto the court in a Make America Great hat again and a MAGA red hat? How quickly would that player be absolutely destroyed? It would take five seconds. I just want you to think about, as team president, what my role is. I can't let my own personal politics get in the way. I can't let my emotions get in the way. I've got to rule a team with consistency And I've got to make sure that we're really close to the line. That's my job. You can argue whether I was good with wins and losses. What you cannot argue with was the consistency in my approach and the absolute reckless indifference I felt toward my emotions in order to make sure that I was fair, I was strict. I was consistent and there would be no way for anyone on any side of the aisle with whatever belief system you had to say that I as team president put my personal feelings ahead of that of the organization. And for the players on the Atlanta dream, I have great respect for what you're trying to do and I have great respect for the reason you're doing it but use that platform in a way to educate 
and not to obliterate. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 